Looking to turn your annual budgeting process from a checkbox on your to-do list to a collaborative, spirit-led process to help you better achieve your organization's vision? Then join us for this podcast on Budgeting for Ministries. Pursuing God-honoring responsible stewardship in governance, financial accountability, and fundraising. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is John Van Drunen from ECFA with another round of the Excellence in Ministry podcast. I'm privileged to be here with my colleague, Vana Lau, here at ECFA. Ministries are always at some stage of budgeting, whether that's in the planning stage, the approving, or the assessing stage. So today's topic is so important for organizations because it's a component of our everyday life. Uh, you know, the content for today's discussion is, is included in an ebook available through ECFA entitled 10 Essentials for Budgeting for Ministries. We would encourage you to download a copy of that resource and use it uh, to help your ministry with the budgeting process. And we'll include a link of that uh, ebook in the uh, podcast notes for today's podcast as well. Well, let's jump right into the topic of today's podcast. Vana, a budget isn't really productive if it's something that just gets checked off a to-do list and then shoved into a drawer somewhere. In fact, at times I've heard ministry leaders ask if the whole budgeting process is antithetical to living by faith. Can you share with us regarding the why behind the budgeting process and, and how do we think about that? I'd be happy to, John. You know, that's a really important place to start. There's no reason to do something if you don't understand the why behind it. We both have kids. I guess we have to answer why all the time, right? Uh, And it's no different, really, in the ministry setting. So a budget is a plan for allocating available resources, and there's no single perfect way to do that. But really, a budget simply helps us set priorities. Uh, I think that's a really important why behind it. It's a roadmap to help get you from where you are to where you're going financially. And that's true whether you're an individual or you're an organization. Uh, One of the things that I would say as we start into the podcast today is really to understand that the budget should be a guide and not a master of the ministry's fate. I like to refer to this uh, and even some reporting mechanisms that we talk about from time to time, but thinking about the budget as a tool and not a weapon. And budgets can provide that rail or a curb for influencing the financial activity of the organization. But really, people control budgets and not the other way around. Uh, Budgets can help you evaluate how you're doing. And as you'll talk about in a little while, I know we're going to talk about how that ties together with the mission and vision of the organization. Budgets are one way to monitor that. But budget choices will guide your actions. Uh, so that you won't be faced with daily decisions, really, of whether to make expenditures or not. Make those big decisions up front, and it'll help you make the smaller decisions down the road. I think for a, a budget to be most effective, though, it does need to be tied to the mission and vision. So, John, can you maybe walk us through how that can be done? 
Absolutely. And Vana, I love the illustration of this as a roadmap. Um, and it's not the master, but it's a guide to help us achieve our, our mission and vision. And it's really important for leaders to take a step back before they start the budget process to think through what are the strategic elements of the budgeting process. And, you know, it's really important to note at the outset here to, to much prayer and spiritual discernment is really necessary because we need to be looking to what doors the Holy Spirit is opening and what doors might be closed. Um, and sometimes close, those closed doors can be more challenging than the opening doors. Uh, but those are really important discernment aspects to consider up front. I think that's where the faith and the business side, if you will, of ministry come together is just what you're saying. Absolutely. And, you know, looking at um, as an organization's looking and focusing in on what is the organization's mission and vision. And that is, you know, looking at where do we need to be at the end of the next budget cycle in achieving our vision um, and, and the vision for our organization. And then breaking it down, you know, using your your roadmap illustration, breaking it down to a series of milestones. Where where do we need to be by the midpoint? Where do we need to be by each quarter? Where do we need to be by each uh, month uh, to to achieve those goals? Um, and then looking to see what resources are really going to be necessary to achieve those milestones. Um, you know, when you conduct uh, that strategic planning. Um, up front that really helps you set the tone of the rest of the budgetary process. But if you're doing that in the midst uh, of, you know, coming along behind as the budget process is already rolling, um, it's likely that you're going to have a lot of rework that's going to be necessary, or you're going to have to, you know, set aside the strategic plan, which really is not a good outcome. So just a reminder that this strategic planning needs to heavily look to the Holy Spirit's leadership as a leadership team and or the board to make sure that it is clear leading and not one trying to put his or her own efforts before the best path for the ministry. Well, Ivana, with that strategic foundation, can you take us through some of the nuts and bolts of the actual budgeting process once the strategic framework for the budget year is laid out? Is there a best way to accomplish this? Well. There certainly are a lot of factors to consider. We can, we can definitely say that, but they're all really pretty simple. Um, I think, you know, the work is in that strategic plan that you were just talking about, and this is one of the details that follows that. Budgeting isn't a diffi difficult process if you can dismiss the fact that we'd all like to have more resources to budget. Everyone would like to have that issue. Um, one of the things that would be kind of a nut and bolt is the timeline. You know, how do we do that and when? The budgeting process really should begin early enough prior to the new year, whether that's a fiscal year or a calendar year, to allow input from each of the ministry or programmatic areas and to allow time to analyze trends. Trends can be especially important in the budget process. Um, it's interesting how past really does indicate what the future will be. So, so you're saying, Vana, that it would be a little challenging to work some of these components in if we're doing it the night before the board meeting? Yeah, possibly. You know, those budgets that are done like a month after the fiscal year starts, we're already a little behind the curve, I would agree. 
So make make sure that we've got adequate time up front and then consider really the larger the ministry, the earlier that annual budgeting process should begin. So that's kind of one of the factors being the timeline. Then there are different ways that the budget can be done, obviously, and that depends on each organization and really what works well within their culture. Uh, You've got the top down where maybe we just assign what those amounts are. It makes it really simple, uh, but it also creates less buy-in from those that are involved in it. Uh, The other way being kind of that bottom-up approach where we've got a lot of buy-in, but by the time everyone submits their dream budget, all of a sudden our, you know, $5 million budget has $25 million worth of requests. So that may not work. You know, one of the uh, individuals that we work with at a ministry suggested what he referred to as the block budget approach. And I think this is just another way of um, looking at kind of the the bottom up, top down and blending the two together. And that is that each ministry area is given a certain amount and that's kind of the top-down approach here's your block of the budget now what you do with that within the confines of the vision and mission that we talked about a moment ago is up to your particular ministry area and you can figure out how you can best use that and it gets some buy-in there so i would encourage you to to really as an organization look at what works best Now, the one piece that I always throw in when I talk about budgeting, and uh, it's good that we can't hear the listeners of the podcast, John, because there's usually a groan that follows this, but that is I encourage individuals and organizations to have multiple budgets. Um, You know, the first budget that you come up with is the time-consuming one, but in doing that, when you've got it tied to the vision, you see areas where you would, would really like to pursue but they just didn't fit into this year's budget. So those were maybe the last things cut. You also, if you took a few more minutes or a few more hours, could figure out what the next cuts would be that would still align with the mission of the organization. By doing that all up front, we now can take our base budget, have that plus maybe a a budget that's 10% higher and a budget that's 10% lower so that when we have fluctuations in giving or revenue that we're able to adjust on the fly knowing here's the next project we'd launch if we have excess funds or here's where we'd cut. As I say to people, you know, when there's excess money in the budget, we have a lot of people with their hands out trying to get some of those dollars. But when the budget's tight and we don't have the funds, all of a sudden those hands disappear deep into pockets and they're hidden out of sight. So by doing that work up front, uh, it allows us to really stay on target and it takes some of the emotion out of those decisions later in the year. You know, those are the the pieces that help us put together the big puzzle. Uh, but there are a couple of long-term or big picture items that are, I think are important to consider as well. So can you talk a little bit about different types of budgeting besides just the operational piece of that? Absolutely. And uh, Vaughn, I so appreciate the the forethought uh, that you're encouraging organizations to put into this. And uh, some of these non-operational aspects um, are similar, require a significant amount of forethought and long-term horizon looking. 
um, you know, as we're talking with ministry leaders, um, at times they may show us an operating budget and say, you know, we've got the budget balanced, so we're good. Um, and, you know, might need to encourage looking at, you know, more than just the funds coming in and going out and, and consider those long-term budgetary needs, um, including contingencies. And, and I appreciate the flexibility that you've encouraged because one of the biggest differences I saw regarding how ministries fared during the recession 10 years ago was how close of a pulse they had on their budgetary decisions. Um, and, you know, those organizations who kept a careful eye on their budget and made necessary adjustment, adjustments or went to an alternative budgetary plan um, fared much better and recovered sooner than those that didn't place that uh, close attention. Now, flexibility uh, throughout an organization is paramount to making that work. And so, I, you know, I just want to echo what you're sharing, that it is really necessary to have some forethought and discussions that the budget, once, it, once you've gone through that budgetary process, it may feel like that's uh, set in stone. Um, but it's not actually carved in stone anywhere. Um, at least I've not yet seen a budget carved in stone, but it, I think this it, it went is away potentially a few possible. thousand years ago. It is possible. But, uh, you know, one of those uh, factors that's helpful in building that flexibility is building margin into the budgetary process. You know, that's where usually an organization may have some type of contingency funds or plans built into that, the, into the process to allow for those contingencies. One of my axioms uh, has been that it does not honor the Lord to spend money we don't have, no matter how worthy the need is. Um, that's why it's in part, we must um, be intentional in creating margin to cover those needs when they come up so that we have the resources and we've given that forethought to cover those resources that are um, before us. Um, or we need to be working with partner organizations that can more directly meet those needs. You know, another long-term budget area is planning for the acquisition or replacement of buildings, property, and equipment. Uh, for example, if we don't budget for depreciation, we're ignoring the fact that our assets are getting used up and we're not building funds for which to replace those assets. Um, and when they reach the end of their life, there's usually a large cost, you know, like building a, rebuilding a roof um, or replacing HVAC systems. Those are very expensive, costly factors that if you don't have the reserves available, uh, may mean that you have to take out uh, debt to um, replace those items. And while the process of budgeting will help you, uh, budgeting for depreciation will help you build those reserves for capital replacement, it's routinely, routinely going to be areas where you need additional resources uh, for capital projects. And so having that long-term horizon of what is going to be necessary, you know, three to five years down the line uh, can be very hel helpful in being proactive in meeting those needs and having the resources available when that need is, is there. So Vanna explained at a high level why it's important to keep a close pulse on monitoring the budget parameters and building in margin. But can you help us uh, look a, a level deeper of what this looks like for a ministry? Absolutely. Um, and I think the flexibility component that you just spoke about is really important. I mean, we don't undertake many projects without some planning that goes into it while still understanding that we have to be flexible. 
if you're going to build a house, you've got an architectural plan that you're working from, but we all know that there are changes along the way that we make. And that's true of, you know, a trip and the travel that we take. It's true of a building. It's true of any of those things. And so while we are going to talk for a moment about monitoring and accountability, having that flexibility mindset is really key. One of the things that I would say from a monitoring perspective is you know, identify the person who's ultimately responsible for that budget administration. You don't want, you know, the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz pointing both directions like, not me, it's him, it's him. There's got to be someone who owns it. And that person has to be empowered and supported by the ministry to really carry out that function. At the same time, there has to be accountability. You know, as you have budget managers that are responsible for their areas, they need to be held accountable. And maybe that's a component of their job review. Uh, maybe that's reporting to their supervisor, whatever that might be. But if they're not held accountable, there really isn't any encouragement or reason for them to stay within the budget and the guidelines. So helping them understand the why that we started with, but also making sure that they understand that there are consequences for falling outside those bounds. Uh, that monitoring process really is supported by the reporting mechanism. So the, the ministry can generate a couple of different types of reports that can be helpful for that. Some of it may be, as I said earlier, trends, you know, those three to four year historical reports by department or by account, uh, showing where the fluctuations are from one year to the next. That can be helpful for creating the budget, but then again, a, a rolling 12-month report that shows you where you're at. Here's where we were before, here's where we're at, here's what we have left for the budget, uh, and determine at what point in time the budget exceptions need to go back to the governing board for approval. That may be a certain dollar threshold, which obviously is going to be different based on the size of the organization. But determine those things up front so that there aren't surprises. Uh, I've been around accounting a long time, and I have mostly found that surprises are not good. So we want to keep the surprises out of that, uh, both for those that are working the day-to-day, -day, but also for the board. Nobody wants to go back to the board at the end of the year or in the next budget cycle and have them surprised by something that happened. So I really would encourage organizations to think about that. You know, there are several quotes that are appropriate here, but one of those would be inspect what you expect. You know, if you expect them to adhere to this budget, you really need to be inspecting that throughout the year. So I'm excited about this topic. I know that most people wouldn't be, and, and I still have this image in my head now of Moses with his stone tablets with the Ten Commandments, but also that budget in stone. So I appreciate that you've put that in my head, John. Well, and if that budget was in stone, I think one of the headers on that might be, thou shalt not surprise thy board. I think that's very true. But that also takes us back to just the importance of this and that it is a foundational concept to the financial success of a ministry. And we clearly understand, I mean, you and I have worked with ministries for years and we understand there is a faith component and neither one of us would argue that. Um, but I think that when God calls us to be good stewards, that while there's a faith component, he also expects that we'll do our part 
in planning and implementing that planning process. So thanks for leading well, this podcast today. Thank you, Vanna, for sharing your expertise in this. And budgeting is such an important topic and what takes months to carry out, we've discussed in a few minutes today. And we hope uh, this has been helpful. And again, we encourage you to look at more details in the 10 Essentials of Budgeting for Ministries ebook that's available in the podcast notes, as well as at ecfa.org. Thank you to everyone for tuning in and for all you do to glorify God and your ministries as we work collaboratively to carry out the Great Commission. We appreciate you and look forward to being with you soon on another episode of the Excellence in Ministry podcast. God bless you.